Tom Brady picking apart Micah Parsons in this game is going to be a thing of beauty. Okay. Yeah. This it happens a lot with young linebackers. They are getting a he's lot. getting a lot of love. I tell you right now, Tom Brady is watching film going, I am going to fuck this guy <laughs> up. Okay? Like I so fifty one might be the, the total for the the bucks in this one, to your point. Like they could come out and stomp them. All right, here we go with the Chris Collinsworth podcast and uh, Eric Eager over there and our new expensive shirts. That uh, You like it? Is that good? It feels great. I like it. feels it. great, yeah. I like it. George Shahuri, who would not be caught dead in any logo <laughs> material, but uh, he's over there. And uh, t- uh, so today, like, I, I don't bet, right? Because I'm afraid. It's the only reason I don't, but I'm, I'm afraid. I'll get in trouble. It's like insider information. And it's a good rule. It really mm-hmm. is. It's a good rule. I shouldn't, and I never do. But I am going to bet you two guys. Because I haven't Great. talked to any coach. I haven't talked to anybody this week. And I'm putting 20 bucks on the line that wow. I can outpick you two guys. You're wow. our two gambling experts and 20 bucks. I, I don't okay. think I can get in trouble for 20 bucks. And we're going to go through the games. And we're gonna, we're just gonna fire away. I'm gonna take okay. my notes because I don't, not that I don't trust you guys, <clears throat> but I don't trust you guys because I know what <laughs> happens. You guys go back over there, and then I can't remember what I picked the le- next week. Right. But this time I brought a pen, I brought a pink pen, and nice. I'm gonna write it down. And I, we're gonna, you gotta say who you're picking against the spread. Deal? If, it, it's fine. As long as I don't you know. see that you putting 20 bucks up. If but we that's lose, all right. I've got uh, uh, only do. Uh, you're, you're the Venmo. You're, <laughs> you're like my kids. It's like, I, Dad, can I borrow a dollar? I go, you don't even have a dollar in like, your wallet? Like, no, I don't, I don't carry money at the all. Last time I carried cash, actually, was I was going to Mexico and I had no cash in my wallet. I was like, oh shit, I probably need some cash. So I only have pesos. That's the only kind of cash I have. I'm not pesos. taking pesos. I am not because I'm kicking your ass and I am not taking pesos. If you beat us, it's I'm, insider information. If we win, it's we've we've beat the guru. I'm just, I'm, yeah. I just dock oh, your like pay. I can always dock your pay true. 20 bucks. <laughs> All right, here we go. So we're just going to go down the list and we're going to talk about all these matchups and, and we're going to have some fun. All right, and I've got a call with the, my first coach or GM of the of the oh, just in of time. the year. Yeah, at noon. So we got to we got to hurry. We got to get <laughs> yeah. through this stuff. Yeah. All right. So, and I don't know what any of the spreads are. Dallas at Tampa, seven and a half right now. Tampa Bay, seven and a half. Total of fifty one point five. Uh, I'll start this one off real quick. This was six and a half at one point, and I loved Tampa at six and a half. Um, at seven and a half, you obviously are not getting as much value because as you know, favorites winning by seven happens all the time. So that's kind of a, a losing situation. I will still, if I have to against the spread, I'll take the bucks. My favorite play here is to tease the bucks through seven and through three down to one and a half with a few teams that we'll talk about in a little bit. So this is your, uh, your aid here. The, the problem is, as I look at, at Tampa Bay, it's like, what don't you like about this team? There are going to be more good receivers in this game than than anybody's ever seen in a while. I mean, it's going to be a phenomenal game. But how do you bet the uncertainty of Dak Prescott, right? I mean, here's a guy coming off of the broken ankle. He gets into camp, first day in pads. Now he's got the shoulder. He's not practicing. He's got a week of practice in the last 
year. Yeah. You know, so how do you bet that? I think you go under 51 and a half, right? So this total opened um, in the low 50s. 51 is a is a relatively, there's a key number where a lot of games will land on that number. So if you can get a half point above it, you can go under because I think you're, you're right, Chris. You look at Tampa. The best thing that Tampa Bay did besides sign Tom Brady last year was spend seven or so draft picks on the secondary in day two from, you know, the first Todd Bowles year to the next Todd Bowles year. And, you know, that when you look at Dallas, they're not they're not empty of talent on the outside, but there are relatively few teams that can match them player for player. And I think Tampa Bay is one of those teams. And then when you look at the the front four, not only do you have Pierre Paul, you have Vea, you have um, Shaq Barrett, but you had, you know, Joe Tryon in the draft. And so you're, you're just like, to me, you're just overwhelming Dallas here. And I could see a game where it could be a barn burner. could be fun, but it could also be like 31, three Tampa. And we're just like, they're, we're grinding out Leonard Fournette runs for the last quarter and a half of the game, and this goes under. Can I, can I just say real quick, Tom Brady picking apart Micah Parsons in this game is going to be a thing of beauty, okay? Yeah. This it happens a lot with young linebackers. They are getting – he's lot. getting a lot of love. I tell you right now, Tom Brady is watching film going, I am going to fuck this guy <laughs> up, okay? Like, I, so 51 might be the, the total for the, the box in this one, to your point. Like, they could come out and stop them. I'll say just two other quick things. I think Tom Brady's being underrated by the public. He was our most valuable player last year, our second highest graded behind Aaron Rodgers' quarterback last year. People don't think he had as good of a year because the interception totals. I would bet on that. I'd bet on him to win MVP. I'd bet on Joe Tryon to be rookie of the year. I, I, I'm going to just put some PFF numbers out there. Is that all right with you, you guys? Go for it, yeah. So the question is going to be new defense, new defensive coordinator, still questions in the secondary for Dallas. Um, and and the uh, Bruce Arians-led offense with Tom Brady uh last year their average depth of target 9.7 second in the league their average time to throw 2.4 fast fourth fastest in the league. that's unbelievable mm -hmm. how do you do that how do you put that combination together you're getting the ball down the field no risk it no biscuit all that kind of stuff <clears throat> and then still get the ball out of your hand that quickly that is the most deadly of all combinations and i thought it took them to mid-season last year for Brady to sort of make the conversion from what he was playing in New England all those years. And and now with this group of receivers, I mean, Evans and Godwin and Antonio Brown, God only knows what O.J. Howard might do coming back this yeah. season. So Scotty Miller. It, it, like it's a it's a combination though, right? It's it's a combination of Brady being an elite processor of information and the wide receivers, there being enough of them for one at least one of them to be open early right and when you look at this team you look at like every team dealt with issues last year you know but the bucks they dealt with injuries to godwin at times they dealt with injuries to antonio brown he didn't antonio brown doesn't play in the nfc title game and you know scotty miller catches a touchdown at the end of the half that you know again he's their fifth wide receiver right we're looking at teams we're looking at other elite teams in the nfl and saying can we find a third option tampa's got five or six right so when J brady they drafted jalen dart yeah, he might when, be a third guy from brady hits his back foot somebody's open right and for a lot of quarterbacks they might not be good enough at understanding the offense to distribute the ball that quickly right they might have to go one two but he's 
I mean, he's seen it all at this point. As you, as you said, it took them a little bit of time. But once he figured that out, like, it was... I mean, you th th look at the NFC title game because that was the game that was the most contested, I think, for them in the playoffs. They were, what, on third down? Like, 7 for 10, 7 for 12. Some, there was some outrageous number on third down. And to me, to answer your very first question, which is where could the Bucks fail? I think the Bucks could fail by not necessarily being strategic enough with early downs, right? Because last season we saw them run a lot on early downs to Fournette and Ronald Jones and they, and Brady bailed them out a lot. If you see any sort of regression from Brady due to age, which I don't think any of us expect, but ha happens to everybody. If you see that sort of, if you see early down running and a lot of third downs and Brady retreat just a little bit from where he was last year, that might be where the Bucks are weak. What if he's better? Giovanni I, I, Bernard, what if he's better? Right. In the yeah, healthy yeah. knee, what if he's better? I, I, let me flip it over because I want to go on to the next game. Um, but Dak Prescott over the last two years, in 2019, yards per play, highest in the league, 6.4. 2020, with Prescott. Got better, 6.5, second in the league. 2020, after the injury, drops to 4.7, last in the league. So you're talking about the same sort of impact at the quarterback position, if he's right, mm -hmm. if he's healthy, and if he's ready to go. Um, I just don't know how you can do that without practice or a preseason game or something. I am long Dak Prescott for this season. In game one is maybe the only place I'd, I'd fade him potentially. They, but like M MVP, you, these two guys, Brady and, and Prescott, when we come to the end of the year, could be the MVP favorites. I mean, they could be battling. I, I, that, that's absolutely possible. You're taking. So I thought we had to go against the spread. So I went. You do. Box. Spread. No, no over under crap. Okay. That's too much. To I'll take Tampa up. Bay laying the points. Tampa Bay. Okay. I'm not saying because I'm, right, I'm you calling the call game. But I will tell you guys before I get Good. out of here. Okay. Jacksonville at Houston. Oh, baby. We've got, we got the, 20 minutes on this, right? We've got the the <laughs> debut, the broadcast debut uh, for Trevor Lawrence. So what happens? So it is What's the uh, Houston at home is a three-point underdog, total 44 and a half. Um, Eric, why don't you start us off? <laughs> this one's <laughs> um you like Jacksonville. I heard you I, say I like you Jack think they could win the division. I, well, and I think it's this game, it paints the exact picture, right? Jacksonville's not a very good team, but they play in a division for which they are three-point favorites on opening day on the road, which means two of their games are against a team that many people believe might not even win a game. Um, I, I think... Despite that, I I do actually think Houston will cover here. I think I think uh, getting the three with Houston um, at home week one uh, is the right play. So I mean, it's not like there's not players there. I assume Tyrod Taylor's starting. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> I mean, who knows? Good assumption. Davis Bills was not overly Didn't impressive. It, right, yeah. it wasn't so good. Got to, They have good players on this team. Philip Lindsay comes over. I always liked him. He's a he's a good looking player. Um, I, I'll say this about Urban Meyer once again. I don't think he's ever had a losing season I, in 17 years, something like that. And it wasn't like every year it was with Ohio State. I mean, he had to work his way uh, up the ladder. So clearly a guy that, uh, that can do things. But, man, this Texans defense just was a struggle. Um, this is – this. it's just hard for me to see how Houston pieces the whole thing together. 
uh, and compete against Trevor Lawrence, who's supposed to be that generational talent on this one. But, you know, is he now? We saw he looked good against Dallas, so we know that. And also, at times, that offense looked horrible in the preseason. Um, This is another one where no, literally no one has talked about the Texans in a positive light in like 18 yeah. calendar months. And the Jaguars have been, you know, in the public eye, pumped up, Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence. Like this is a spot play, in my opinion. Because if you look at these two teams on a neutral field, and you can see this on PFF.com and our power rankings tool, like there's a, like a four, four and a half point difference between these two teams. And I think that probably we get there at some point during the season. Right now, though, I a lot of uncertainty. Week one, we've yeah. seen a we've seen team. Uh, Jacksonville's a classic example. Last year, eight point underdogs in week one at home. They win the one game they're going to win. Right. right, like even I, we're, I I remember this weirdly, but like even the one year that the Saints pri- the had Katrina, they won week one on the road. You know, like and barely won again the rest of the season. Like week one's weird. It, it's hard for me. I like I like. Jacksonville from a perspective of I think they can grow into this thing. Yeah. I think week one is tough. I, I will so say you're so. taking Houston. I'm taking Houston <clears throat> plus three. Yeah. I'm taking Houston plus three, and I'll say this. I think both these defenses suck. 44 and a half. If you're looking for an extra bet, I would uh yeah. I'd bet the over. We'd probably make the total about a point higher than that, which I think given what Chris said with the defenses being terrible, it's all right, I'm I'm just taking Urban's track record. I don't know how he gets it done. I don't know. The what. thing with Urban- they, they just have they have a quarterback and they have receivers, right? I mean, yeah. you take Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, DJ Chark. I mean, that's enough to get it done. But in the, the other thing game. with the other thing with Jacksonville, I know that there have been a lot of sideshows, but Schottenheimer and Bevel are legitimate NFL coaches, like on the offensive side of the ball, and Bevel specifically oversaw. Russell Wilson in, in in his early time in Seattle. So they, they're not like they're not completely empty of ability on the coaching staff. All right, we're moving on here. So uh that's that's my first breakout game right there. So I'm cheering for Jacksonville. Yep. I got that. And then I I probably would have been anyway. All right, we've got uh, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Washington football team. Oh yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick, baby. Here we go. Let's let's see what we have. You've got Terry McLaurin. Uh, you've got speed on the outside. Is Curtis Samuel playing yet? Is he going to make it? Uh, he He's is questionable. questionable. Uh, uh, my favorite guy out of the draft, uh, Diami Brown, uh, who adds all kinds of speed to this thing. But more importantly to me, you know, good receivers and Gibson McKissick coming out of the backfield. Logan Thomas, good players over there. But, the, you know, it's just a matter of what is Ryan Fitzpatrick going to be? I mean, it, you know, it's all or nothing. He's going to – you know he's going to throw it down the field. You know he's going to take some chances. There are going to be games that he throws five touchdown passes. There are going to be games that he throws five interceptions. Yep. So, which one do we get in this one? That's the question. The disrespect that Eric has shown the Harvard graduate that is Ryan Fitzpatrick. The genius. I, I will not accept and I know it's coming. I know it's coming here. This is disrespectful. The Washington football team is at least as good as this Los Angeles Chargers team. And the fact that they are uh, a one-point underdog, which means not that much from a betting perspective. You haven't crossed a field goal either way. You're basically picking the winner. Basically picking the winner here. I think it's just the, the Washington football team should be the favorite in this game. And, um, you know, I'm excited to see what Brandon Staley does. 
But again, there's going to be some adjustment to that. And I'm, this isn't even a pick about the Washington football defense because I think that will regress a little bit this year. This is a, a complete football team. I'm taking the football team. We have Washington is eight-tenths of a point worse than average on a neutral field. The Chargers are nine-tenths of a point worse than average on a neutral field. To your point, George, they are very similar from a power rating perspective. And hence, playing at home would seem to give rise to this idea that the football team should be favored. I will say, though, Washington's home stadium is one of the worst home field advantages in all of football. That that does play into, into so consideration. The Chargers, however, are playing at 10 a.m. their time. Yes. I, for those reasons, I'm short on Washington long term, but in Hater. this game, I'm picking the the football team. Let me ask you this, Chris. We just we're talking about home field advantage, and I like Washington has a terrible one. Could we see that revert this year? Because no one was able to go to a game last year, and so people were like, "Oh my God, I missed! I, I didn't realize I missed this." And now, you know, uh, football team fans are going to come flooding in that would have never before. They're division champs. They should have those fans coming back in there. I, to me, this is a great, great matchup mm -hmm. up front because I, I think Washington's front four is as <clears throat> good as mm -hmm. there is. I mean, you go right down the line. It better Chase be. Young, John, yeah. yeah, better be. Jonathan <laughs> Allen, Drawn Payne, Montez, what, those guys uh, – Jamin, Jamin Davis out of Kentucky, yep. whatever his name is, probably gets a start in there. But they go against the the uh, Chargers up front, completely remade offensive line. How many years have we all said the same thing when we're talking about the Chargers? This is a really good team, but their offensive line sucks, sucks right? They're, they're terrible. And yet now, first-round draft pick Rashawn Slater, coming over from the Steelers' uh, filer, uh, Corey Lindsay, uh, the, the yep. best center in football from Green Bay. Oday Obushi, I forgot where he came from. Where is he? Obushi uh, is from. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, wait a minute. I probably have it written ago. down. Uh, from the Lions. And Brian Balaga, who was there last year. Yep. So completely remade up front. Um, and they're going to have, uh, uh, you know, obviously in the secondary, they get Derwin James back. Uh, they drafted Asante Sammy. I, I just think this team has a chance. Uh, you know, Bozo is fantastic up front. If there's one team that I look at and I go, yeah, I know Kansas City's going to kill everybody in that division. I get it. I get it. But, you know, everybody wants to say Justin Herbert. Well, he's going to regress. And he's going to regress because he really made hay off of under pressure. Yep. Right? And that that's that's fluctuates too much year to year. But... What if he just naturally grows because he's not under pressure so much because he got this offensive line improvement? Yeah, I think I think there are questions for the Chargers. I think one of them is how uh, Lombardi does an offense coordinator. We haven't seen him call plays since 2015. So that that's a big question mark. I think the other question mark for the Chargers is who's going to be the number two wide receiver, right? Because, you know, not only do they lose Hunter Henry – um, but Keenan Allen gets a little bit older. He's, his game has changed a little bit over the course of time. If Mike Williams can't be that guy, then I think their offense struggles quite a bit. And and so there, there are questions there. But Jim, I will say, Jim like, Guyton, though. of these two teams, the Chargers are easily the most likely to win the Super Bowl, right? I think their averages are about the same. You look at their win totals in the betting market, eight and a half, nine. But the 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 you know, sort of like ceiling for the Los Angeles Chargers is immense. Counterpoint, they play in the AFC and in a division that they're not going to win. 
the Washington football team could actually win their division. Yeah, I, I just and plays in it, and then the conference. Sure, sure I, I, yeah. You're but, a, what I'm saying is, you're hating on Ryan Fitzpatrick and Ron Rivera, and I won't stand for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I've never seen Ryan Fitzpatrick play in a playoff game, so what, what, what do I know, right? So, like, if he if he gets a home playoff game, I literally have no data to go off of. So, so yeah, if, if he Hater. plays in a playoff game, I'm a little, I, I'm a little uncertain as how he'll do. All right, Washington. Washington. I'm taking Washington. By the way, you look really good, man. You got your hair cut. You got your glasses off. You're wearing the con. I don't know what you got. Well, now he's blushing. He's a handsome guy. (laughs) I never knew he was a – I just thought he was smart. I didn't know he was a handsome guy. So (laughs) I'm going to take L.A. I I think this team has a chance. I swear I think they have a chance. So what do I know? Brandon Staley, go get him, baby. Uh, Seattle at Indy. Baby. Um, the great unknown, right? Carson Wentz apparently got activated, so we think he, we're going to see him. We don't know how ready he's going to be to yeah. to play in this game. T.Y. Hilton uh, out with the, the disc um, issue. Uh, Eric Fisher uh, still not available. Sounds like you're making one. a case for the Jaguars to win the division. I, I, you know, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's a lot here. Uh, Quentin Nelson, do we know whether or not he's going to play? You know, and... Um, this is a lot for the Colts to overcome. There was a time when you could have bet, and perhaps a couple people at this desk did, the Seattle Seahawks plus three to win oh, this God. game. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks are now a two-and-a-half-point favorite, um, but you just listed a bunch of reasons um, why I will still take the Seahawks. The other reason is quite simply that Russell Wilson, even if Carson Wentz returns to some level of normalcy, Russell Wilson is a solid four to five points better yeah. for the for his team than Carson Wentz is for his team consider, in, in consideration of the spread. Um, Which you can find, by the way, pff.com backslash NFL power rankings, the difference that we would handicap Wilson versus Wentz. Yep. And you get it for 30% off. Kickoff 30 is your yeah. promo code. So, so this is a really interesting game because I, I really respect – what how the Colts go about their business. I think they go for the fourth right fourth downs. Sure. I think that they play. We were talking I was talking about this with um with Timo before before this. They play they play defense that protects the weaknesses of their players. Like I think they do a great job with what they have. I just don't know if the Colts have anything anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if they have the players anymore. And without Hilton, right? Without some of the offensive line, I mean Wentz like he's been good when he had good offensive lines. He's been terrible when he had terrible offensive lines. Can Seattle capitalize that, on that? I don't know. This one, it, I I'm not betting anymore. But if I had to, I would lay the points with Seattle. I it, it, I don't know. I I also would probably tease Indianapolis, know, knowing that the the Seahawks never play a game outside of one score. Hey, my phone went off. It's his booking. There, yeah, uh, <laughs> Drew Essikoff, our director. Put him uh, hold on. on, Drew. I got to call you back. Put him on. I call you later. That's what I should do. He's the funniest guy in the world. Drew would actually, I mean, he He's is the greatest. There might be not a funnier person uh, with he, fewer words, too. Hey, when you get to about November and you're in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and you there, there's no shore behind you and there's no shore in front of you and you go, this football season's never going to end. He's the guy to get you through there. <laughs> um, so, all right. So here's what I think. I think the Colts are going to try to come out and run the football. Jonathan Taylor, he was fantastic at the end of the year. They still have that big, strong offensive line. 
Seattle's strength defensively really has been kind of stopping the run. That's that's what they've been able to do. Um, and, and Jamal Adams is going to be living around the line of scrimmage. I guess a few questions about the secondary, whether they're going to be able to get that done. But it's also just like we were talking about um, earlier with the Dallas Cowboys and Dak. Okay, Carson Wentz is fine. He can play. Yeah. But how sharp is he going to mm-hmm. be? Yeah. I, to me, this valid. is heavy lifting. I, I'm with you guys. I would end up taking Seattle here, too. There we go. I think I'm going to be in trouble because I'm picking a bunch of road teams. Um, all right, here we go. The New York Jets at Carolina Panthers. This is uh, – oh, baby. This is this, this is, is exciting. Good. Zach Wilson now. My man Tony Romo came down hard and said he's going to be a top three quarterback. I thought I was, like, giving him, like, full measure. I was comparing him to Aaron Rodgers. And so there were a bunch of newspaper articles written today, and Romo was in every headline, and I was like at the bottom of the thing. <laughs> Tony, in fairness, Tony just saw his BYU highlight reel yesterday, so makes sense. Yeah. Oh, he did. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Maybe he that's did. A, so that's my guess. I, what's the spread on this? This number started at four. It is and now five. Not five. So Car- people, Carolina is favored. People like, and not only that, but people are buying into Carolina. Now, George and I on the forecast, we told our loyal listeners to bet over 43. It's now 44 and a half. So that's quite nice. This is going to be a game that has some scoring. I think both of these teams elevate the play of their quarterback with their play caller, Mm -hmm. right? I think Joe Brady demonstrated that last year. They were a very efficient offense. They covered a lot of spreads despite having Teddy Bridgewater and and Philip Walker quarterback. I think New York's going to do the same thing, but I think the Jets quarterback is just better than the Panthers quarterback. You know what we love? Better quarterback, getting points. better coach, getting points. That's what this is. The, the New York Jets, like the idea that Sam Darnold was good enough to not play preseason week one, it cracks me up. I would be more scared of betting the Jets here if P.J. Walker were playing at quarterback for the Panthers. Um, the Jets did some really nice things on offense. Zach Wilson had... The quickest time to throw of any of the rookie quarterbacks, not make a single turnover-worthy play, and also they ran play action, the highest rate of any of the rookie quarterbacks in the preseason, over 31%. Uh, you're getting five points, and this is something we talk about a lot, Chris. The total on this game is kind of low, 44 yeah. and a half. Five points is worth more when it's a low-scoring game than if it were to be a really high-scoring game. The chances game. that the game lands three or four are higher because yeah. this game... Um, the interesting thing, I lo- the, other, the other thing I like about the Jets, and we talked about, you know, the Darnold situation, how the Jets did not support him. I remember back when the Jets got to Brickashaw Ferguson and Nick Mangold in the same, same-ish draft. Like, I feel like Mekhi Becton, Elijah Vera Tucker, I know they paid a steep price for Tucker, but I like what the Jets are doing around Wilson, too. It looks like they're giving him a fighting chance. Um, and, and for that reason, I think that they're going to come out and surprise a little bit. Robert Salah last season... I thought did a better job coaching the Niners defense than he did the year they made the Super Bowl. How can you not bet on the Lebanese coach that runs stairs in the pouring rain? I don't know how you you get away from that. A couple of interesting matchups in this game. One, Brian Burns, who's an uh, outside uh, defenseman that not that many people would Mm -hmm. think of as that elite class. I think we had him fifth, something Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, Makai Becton on the other side of the ball. That's a to me an interesting matchup. Is Elijah Vera Tucker? Is he? I don't know if he's ready to play or not ready to play. Corey Davis has played really well this preseason. He's been exciting uh, and, and fun to watch. 
Uh, but you do get the Shanahan system here, right? You get Mike LaFleur, mm-hmm. who even Matt LaFleur could not lure away from Shanahan. He goes, now you can have one LaFleur, but not both of them. Mm-hmm. But he does escape and go off to the New York Jets. So we're going to get that same sort of outside zone bootleg, yeah. um, that that whole kind of system. Five points seems like a lot to me. but Especially, again, we talk about the home field advantage for the Washington football team. It's not that much for the Carolina Panthers either, historically. So this is another one where do you really believe that the Panthers are five points better than any other team in the NFL? Like, would you know? No. So, you know, like. Based on what? I, and, and again, I like Brian Burns. Brian Burns is a great, we talk about betting, a great person to bet on for defensive player of the year, for sack leader, all that kind of stuff. Hassan Reddick's a good addition for them. Oh wow! Um, I I think that they I think that there there are some good things going on in Carolina, but I I, I think they're outclassed a little bit here by the but, Jets. But is- they do get McCaffrey back, mm-hmm. so and you know Darnold is going to wear him out, uh, and and you know they they've got you know Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, they've got players. It does like worry me that players. the Jets lost Carl Lawson, who was going to be their pass rusher. All right, we're all on the Jets. Is that right? J E T S. That can't see. be anything but good news for them. I'm with I'm with Tony Romo, Romo, baby. Let's go. All right, Minnesota at the beloved Cincinnati Bengals, and um, here we go. I, I, <laughs> Joe Burrow to uh, Jamar Chase, and Jamar Chase, though, what up? Are you worried about? Because I haven't. We haven't talked about this. He's been targeted five times. He's dropped four of those five. Yes. Times. I, now I dropped the first pass ever thrown to me in the NFL. So, and it okay. was from me to you. That's about how far away it was. So, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure on him. Another great receiver that wore number 80, Chris or, uh, uh, Jerry Rice also dropped like a ton of balls his rookie year. Like this is not something that happens. This is not something that doesn't happen very often, right? Like hands are an issue. Amari Cooper had hands issues early on in Oakland as well. I I think he'll get over it, you know, but. It is concerning, right? And and, and it is concerning given that uh, Burrow is not exactly like the biggest play. Th- this offense is going to have to be efficient because Burrow's arm is not necessarily the most explosive, right? So they're going to have to get seven yard completions. And if their guys if their guys drop balls, then that obviously uh, doesn't play into it. What are we thinking about Daniil Hunter going against his old teammate Riley Reef here? I mean, right now for me is you, I go, okay, Daniil Hunter's back. This is a different defense already. Mm-hmm. I personally think Patrick Peterson is going to really help this secondary. A, as a player, but B, as a coach. You know, Harrison Smith just got paid. A great player on the back end there. I just think that a presence, and if you've never met Patrick Peterson, he's just this dynamo, you know. He and Larry Fitzgerald, you didn't have to talk to anybody else. When you got to the to Arizona, I, I do think that that's going to be a big upgrade. Uh, I'm hoping Joe Burrow immediately looks like he's not flinching at all. I just can't imagine that. I, I, I haven't seen many quarterbacks um, – come back this quickly and not be nervous in the pocket. I, I'm just, you know, I, I, God bless him. He played three plays the other day. But there is almost no way the human mind cannot react to all that action going on around your knees 
and not have your brain react in some way. Here's the thing. This is, this is the one pick I that our model likes that I hate. I, I cannot stand the over in this game. Hmm. I think the Bengals are going to be rusty, as you said, Chris. I think the Vikings offense is going to be rusty. I mean, you have not seen Jefferson practice for a month. Adam Thielen was banged up in a preseason action. Christian Derrishaw was their first-round pick. He's not playing, right? They were going with Rashad Hill at left tackle. Um, on the interior of the offensive line, they're going with the backup at right guard. The guy they drafted, Wyatt Davis, is not ready yet. Um, Kirk Cousins does not look good in practice, does not look good in the preseason. I think Minnesota should be favored in this game for sure, but I, I see it as more of like a 17-13, 16-14 type game. What is the spread? Three. Three. So Minnesota Minnesota's favored by a field goal. And I I, I think it's a mucky game. And and so I'd take Cincinnati um just by virtue of that. I think it's a close game. I think it's an under game. I think it's I, I, and I think both teams look bad in this game. There there's Michael Pierce, Dalvin Tomlinson inside, and, and it's mm -hmm. it all it feels like a Joe Mixon game to me for Cincinnati. That's that's what it feels like. Yeah. Um and then play action T Higgins, you know, all the guys start getting involved at that point. But um, so who are you taking? I am going to take the Bengals uh, purely out of uh, fading that the preseason matters a ton. I thought that the Bengals preseason was kind of a joke. Like they put Joe Burrow out there for three snaps. Um, and that was a, you know, like it just none of it really made sense to me. Um, and I don't know. Man. One more. Like, yeah. I, I'm not going to overreact to a guy who got five targets from a quarterback that's not going to be his quarterback and dropped a bunch of them. Like, Here, one more, one more point for the Bengals long term, I think, which I think we have to consider. I think they have a sneaky good secondary now. I, I, I like Jesse Bates. I like Ricardo Allen. I like Chidobia Wuzie. I like Mike Hilton. I like Von Bell. Like. Eli Apple, Trey Waynes, like they've done a decent job. Not None of those guys other than Bates is an amazing player. But I think if you th roll the ball out, five of those guys are going to be okay. And against a passing offense that has some good players, I think that'll matter in this game more than otherwise would. And you look at the defensive front, Hendrickson, now was he as good as Lawson? No, but he's a mm -hmm. good player. Hubbard's a fine player. And then Ogunjobi and Reeder are good players on the inside. Like I think the defense might not be a complete disaster the way it has been over the past three I'm quarters. with you. Who are you taking? Bengals. Let's go. Wow. The hometown Bengals. Wow. Look at that. Wow. You're going against your boys. I can't. I got to do Minnesota. I, I, that, that's just too heavy a lifting to me for Joe Burrow in this in this first. Chris one. is the road warrior. I am the road warrior. All right. Here we go. Uh, Arizona at Tennessee. Is Tennessee going to live up to the hype, man? AFC is unbelievable this year. I mean – off the top of your head, you can name seven or eight teams, and you only get to go seven into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think? This one's tough. What, what's the spread? Me. So it's Tennessee at home, favored by three. Total of 52. Um, these teams are very similarly power ranked. Once again, we have Tennessee at 12 and Arizona at 16. I think that's pretty spot on. I think where I would make, where I would delineate here is I have. I don't have a ton of faith in Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> based on what we've seen. Their offense has not been creative, and I'm not sure. I kind of want them to prove it to me. That said, the Titans have so many 
offensive question marks without Arthur Smith there. So it's a little bit of like, who do I trust more, Kyler or, or Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, but look at the weapons. You got A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones. Right. I mean, that's that's a who's who of the National Football League right there. And I think that's, that's why at three, like, I think I have to go Tennessee minus three here. We're agreeing on literally everything, but I, I guess, like, to me, the one thing, this is where Derrick Henry has an impact, right, which is – if you outclass a team, Derrick Henry just pushes that edge down, right? Mm -hmm. And Tennessee's approach this year is going to have to be that, right? Where that division has Houston, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, three teams that might may not even be close to 500 teams. And Arizona here, Mal they lose Patrick Peterson, as you said. Malcolm Butler just retired. He was the guy who was supposed to replace him. That secondary is thin. And both of these teams are bad at, at, on defense, for, for one. I think that the Tennessee, you know, Todd Downing can come 70% of the way where Arthur Smith is in this particular game. I think Henry is going to be able to like sort of play keep away and, and sort of in, enlarge the lead in a way that, you know, in some games against great teams, he's just not able to. Uh, AJ Green, are we believing in that at all? It sounds like he's playing well. Like the people we talked to on their team, they said he's, he yeah. looks good. They, they get Rodney Hudson on this team. Rondell Moore is a great player too. Ron, Rondell Moore, if if Rondell Moore is anything like what he was his freshman year at Purdue, uh, he was stunning, he's amazing. I mean, he, he didn't he didn't maintain that, mm -hmm. but man, his freshman year he was unbelievable. So, All yeah. right, so who who are you taking? Who are you taking? I'm going Tennessee minus three. Yeah, same. I'm going to disagree with George one of these times. I'm all we're, we're an all on Tennessee on that one. I, okay. I, I, how in the hell are they going to come up with cornerbacks in Arizona to cover those guys? That's another good point, right? Malcolm it's another Butler reason retiring. why we talk about drafting corners because this time of year there are teams who are like, "Oh crap, I have no one to cover anybody." And if you have, you know, if you have a, a embarrassment of riches there, you can sort of play off that. All right, San Francisco at the Detroit Lions. George, try to contain yourself here. This is, this is. I will try. Um, I think this one though. <laughs> I mean, I love the Niners. Obviously, I'm a Niners fan. But seven and a half um, is what the spread is, it's, and and I don't have any faith in Detroit. To be perfectly honest with you. Um, and this is a situation where I think you could see um, what Eric was just talking about, where like the Niners are just so much better at, with their offensive line and their offensive weapons. And Kyle Shanahan is so much better than any other coach on the, the Detroit sideline, where it's just an absolute a wild rompus, um, to uh, borrow a phrase from where the wild things are. I, I prefer to bet the over if I'm going to bet anything in this game. Total is at 45 and a half. I'm not taking the Detroit Lions. I actually am. I'm going to take Detroit. Ooh. I'm going to take Detroit. Detroit getting a feel, getting more than a touchdown. And here's why. These are the kind of games that, uh, that a Dan Campbell-led team lose by seven. <laughs> like, that and, and I mean, that, is I mean, that a compliment stop. or what exactly. is that? That exactly. is a compliment, and that is a compliment. Says because we talk about this, the Urban Meyer thing. We're all like kind of cackling at Urban Meyer, and I said, "Hey, let's take a step back. They have legitimate coaches on that team." I think Dan Campbell has a legitimate staff. I think Anthony Lynn, we, while overmatched as a head coach, is a very 
is a decent offensive mind. When he was in Buffalo, they played that keep away style with Tyrod Taylor and a bunch of running backs for eight, you know, an eight win season, basically. Right. I, I think again, with, if Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo being that quarterback, this game has a high probability of being mucky, right? Where he just last season against Arizona in week one, where he just looks lost and you know, you get some, you get an increase in play from Jeff Akuda because he's not asked to be Stephon Gilmore from day one. You get a little bit. This uh, is amazing. You get a little bit of, you know, uh, Jared Goff, who's not. Jared Goff is not. This like, is incredible. Jared Goff is it, not. We are watching Josh an artist Rosen. paint a turd gold <laughs> right here. That's what we're watching. No, I, what I'm saying is, is at home, a coach's first, a first game as a coach. Oh man. I mean, Adam Gase won game one as a coach for the Jets. Like, the, these things happen, and I think, like... I think the haircut's impacting. That's yeah, what it is. It's context. Yep, but yeah, he can't see clearly. He needs yeah, lacing, like James. Yeah. The astigmatism, I don't so, know. So, Panay Sewell is... Uh, what, what, what up with that? I mean, he's well, struggling, right? But it shows it shows why the, the discussion about whether you should take an offensive lineman or a wide receiver in the first... In, with your first pick is a little bit... Misses the mark, because... Oftentimes, neither guy is ready day one, right? And in the case of Chase versus Sewell, neither guy is really the superstar right away. I think moving him to a different position is not the greatest, but that also means that you have Taylor Decker on the left side, who's actually a very good lineman. So, you know, this defensive front for the Niners is not what it was when they made the Super Bowl, right? Like, Buckner is gone. They're replacing him with Kinlaw, who's not quite as good. Um, you know, you still have Nick Bosa coming back from an injury. The secondary, George, who's in that secondary? You talk about this, Jason Barrett. Jason, Barrett. Jason, Jason gonna, Barrett has less cartilage in his knee than I do. He'll make it through this game, though. Here's the here's the thing that I will come back to. Um, it's going to be uh, first first play of the game, right? Everyone's jacked up because Dan Campbell just gave just gave smelling salts to everybody, and they're pumped, right? The kneecap. He's got some incredible yeah. pregame speech. In the first play of the game, Kyle Shanahan. Is gonna Trent Williams gonna put Jeff Okuda in a casket outside of the stadium. Raheem Mostert is gonna scamper for 80 yards, and that's gonna be the end of the juice that Dan Campbell gives okay. that team. See, I again, I actually believe like Dan Campbell reminds me of Mike Tice, and Mike Tice that's did a, hurtful. Mike Tice did a great job. That is hurtful. Mike Tice did a great job of getting his team, getting a lot out of his team, but not enough to win close games. This team doesn't have to be close. Right. They, they don't have to win this game is what I mean. Right. They just they have to like they have to get into the ballpark. And I think that they can against against San Fran. I'll pick San Fran to win outright. Seven and a half is way too much for this team to be laying on the road. Incredible. Jimmy Garoppolo. Should we get him a Lions jersey? Uh, no, I. You know, seven. I don't know. Seven and a half on the road. He's right. That's a. That's a. That's a. Are big, you both riding with the Lions? That's a. That's a big Tell ask. Tell me, you're both riding. No, Restore the roar. I, I, I can't do that. <laughs> Restore um, the roar. I, I, it just. I. I can't see. I can't. Eventually, the 49ers are going to have a lead, and eventually, the mm -hmm. Lions are going to have to block that front four. I, I just. I don't know. I don't know how that happens. If Nick Bosa is back to anywhere close to what he was during that Super Bowl run, I, you know, so, all right, that's it. I'm going to take, that's a lot of points, but I'm going to do that. So Chris and George are on San Fran. You're on Detroit and we wish you well. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. Um, <laughs> how do you start without talking about the, the Steelers new offensive line? Are I hear that they've been doing all right though. I mean, it hasn't been like a train wreck, right? They've, they've graded well. Um, you know, in the preseason, 
Um, and I mean, it's six, it's six and a half. Okay. So the bills are favored by six and a half at home. We saw this was a, sun, a great Sunday night game last year. I might add when, uh, the bills, the bills put the smack down on, on the Steelers. Um, it's going to be very interesting to me to watch the Steelers in this game offensively because last year at the end of the year, it was not pretty. And they didn't throw the ball downfield. They didn't block well. And they dropped a ton of passes. And they, they ran play action. This is maybe my favorite stat of, of anything out there. There's one team, I think, in the NFL that ran play action less than 20% of the time last year. It was the Steelers, and they ran it like 9.8%. Yeah. something absurd Won't be this year with matt canada this will be I, a different it'll be interesting to yeah. watch there but i will take the known quantity of the buffalo bills our third Can't ranked team last year at this time calling josh allen a known quantity right. would have seemed laughable but it's but i believe in sean mcdermott i believe that they added emmanuel sanders obviously stefan diggs is fantastic Travis white is awesome um and and i will ride with the buffalo bills i'm gonna tell you pittsburgh got pressure on them last year mm-hmm. though i mean it, it, it to me it's always the biggest mistake like people only bet offense like mm-hmm. nobody in the world knows anything about defense this pittsburgh defense especially up front is about as good as it can get right i mean it just is there's uh, there's a chance i could see melvin ingram and alex highsmith opposite tj watt doing okay i mean i could i could legitimately see that that being a threat that pair is an upgrade over bud dupree i, I think so True. too yeah i think so too no high smith was awesome and, and and the thing is is teams that can reliably play man coverage are good defenses more reliably than most i think the the problem is is buffalo can beat coverage right like that in that game that, that you called uh late in the season the the steelers flummoxed buffalo in the first half like it was mm-hmm. it was close and in the second half, Buffalo says, okay, we're going one, two, three, throw to Diggs. One, two, three, throw to Diggs. One, two, three. And R- Diggs can reliably get open. And I think what Buffalo, I think long-term you have to be a little worried because you don't know if Sanders, Beasley, Davis, and uh, Marquez Stevenson, who is a great draft pick in my opinion, are are going to be reliable. But the reason that Diggs can get that open is that there are other receivers on that team that command coverage. And so, and and to me, Buffalo figured that out in the second half of that game. It was just like, we're going to single you up, and no matter how good your corners are, and Steelers have good corners, no matter how good your corners are, Diggs can reliably beat them. And I think that that's, that's why I take Buffalo here. Yeah, uh, Beasley could end up being a factor in this thing too, just yeah. from the standpoint, just get the ball out of your hands. Just, Josh Allen just can't take the sacks, you yep. know, and that, that's how you get beat when you play Pittsburgh. Um, so what was the spread on this one again? Six, Six and, and a half. half. Total 48 and a half. Mm, okay. All right. Who are you taking? I, I'm going to go Buffalo. Um, Josh Allen, 90.3 PFF grade. Ben Roethlisberger, 69 PFF grade last year. E? Buffalo. Wow. I'm going to take Pittsburgh. I knew that was coming. I, I just have I, – I, I didn't think they played it the right way last year. I just didn't. I I, 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 did, I wasn't a believer in the quick throws and Ben and no play action and Ben sitting in the shotgun. And, and it was like, it was too easy to defend. People yeah. knew exactly what mm-hmm. they were going to do. Um, and I, I, I think Ben 
is probably a little Aaron Rodgers pissed off coming into this season, taking all the all, crap all from you. You've inspired him in an Aaron Rodgers kind of way. That's why I've bet on Ben to win the, they, the MVP. They they fell. Quit sucking up. They fell five out of their last six. Got blown out by the Browns. But They're I'll down say by three scores in Indianapolis, the Indianapolis yeah. game they actually won, which is interesting. But they also got completely screwed by COVID last year. I mean, they just did. Every yeah. time, I mean, they had their schedule adjusted and midweek games and all all the stupid stuff that could happen during COVID. They didn't have a bye. They basically did not have a bye. And I thought by the end of the year that yeah. showed up. And people Tampa, by the way, had a bye in like week twelve. Right, you look. Mm. Chiefs in the year before had a buy in week like eleven or twelve. Team, the buy matters, and the fact that the Steelers didn't have one. It's Chris, you're right. Is a is a good reason why. I, I, I just think I think Pittsburgh is. I think Pittsburgh has a chance to really surprise early this year. Uh, that's. I mean, that's, they have the coach that takes teams that shouldn't be very good and makes them nine and seven, ten and six type teams. So. Um, that that's certainly and not trivial. All right, Philadelphia at the Hotlanta Falcons. We finally get to see Arthur Smith's offense. They have shown nothing. I mean, we did that preseason game the other night. I was like, oh my god, what yeah. what are we going to talk about? They are just running the same plays over and over and over again. Kyle Pitts though looks legit. Um, um, and but now and we see Matt Ryan for the first time this year too. So, mm -hmm. what do you think, Philadelphia? Can they overcome Atlanta in Atlanta? Uh, three and a half is the spread uh, on this game. Um, I am betting on Arthur Smith. I'm going to bet on Arthur Smith, Matt Ryan. Um, what Arthur Smith did in Tennessee was remarkable. That offense was absolutely amazing. Off play action, no team averaged more yards per pass play than, than the Tennessee Titans. And I believe that the Falcons can do that this year. Um, the Eagles, on the other hand, I need to see it before I believe it from Nick Sirianni. Give me the Falcons, minus three and a half. Minus three and a half. Right. I think the Eagles have a legitimate chance of having the worst record in the entire NFL. And I think it starts against the Falcons. So give me Atlanta minus three. Welcome. Welcome to the Thunderdome, the sweat den. You want to you want to not work out, but also get a workout during the NFL season. Bet the Atlanta Falcons every week. I know they've been killing you guys That's for a my, long time, haven't they? That's how Eric lost thirty pounds over the season last year. <laughs> I, I got to take Atlanta too. I I, I I I think Arthur Smith's a good coach. I, I I think he's a hidden smart guy who doesn't mm -hmm. who doesn't talk about mm -hmm. it, but he has all the right philosophies and he does the right things. And I know that they had a hellacious scrimmage against Miami um, in which Matt Ryan saw every blitz, saw everything. So that was the reason they really decided not to go um, into that into that last preseason game and, and play their guys because they saw it. They mm -hmm. saw what they needed to see. So I think they're ready. I'm going to take them as well. I'm going to take a brief time out here. I have to go call a general manager, and we will finish this up. And if I can't finish it up, you guys will finish it up. I, I, yeah. Okay. All right. Quick timeout. The NFL is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for week one. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season. Receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited time offer right now. You heard right. Let me say it again. 
DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts. Plus, you can make every game a big game with same-game parlays. How about that? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any Week 1 game. That's promo code PFF to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 years of older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And as if that wasn't fast enough, here we go. Fantasy football draft season is here, and we are offering 30% off any PFF subscription to all first-time subscribers with the promo code KICKOFF30. KICKOFF30 is the promo code. For just $7, get access to PFF's Fantasy Football Draft Guide, Player Rankings, and Projections. Check out my rankings, all of PFF's locked article content, cheat sheets for your fantasy draft, and more. Again, that's promo code KICKOFF30 for 30% off any PFF subscription. Get access to all of PFF's fantasy tools for just $7. There you go. On with the show. Here we go with Eric Eager and George Shahuri. All right, let's go to our final game here, and that would be the Sunday night thriller between the Chicago yes. Bears and the L.A. Rams. These teams play a lot. Yeah. I think they played every year the last three years. And right? like on Sunday night a lot, ugly games. Um, it's sort of like the the curse of being like the second place team in your division all the time, right? right? Like um, Rams seven and a half point favorites at home. Matt Stafford, Andy Dalton, as we all hoped. <laughs> Total forty four and a half. All right, let, let's let's get into this a little bit. Matthew Stafford comes over, so I, I'm watching all this tape on Stafford, and I went from being sort of lukewarm on the deal like mm. okay i get it i know why they were doing it but stafford and in 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 defense of jared goff i bet you if they had a contest who could throw the ball the farthest it would be pretty easy mm. i mean pretty even I'm, I'm not kidding you like i really was convinced that stafford would probably out throw him by 10 yards but when you watch golf, he made a couple of 60 yard throws and that's about what stafford would do on the high end of some plays the difference was that there were, I want to say there were 35 grades of 1.0 or higher for Stafford. Mm -hmm. There were 13 for golf. So those, those throws that he would make where he would move around the pocket and throw a 45-yard laser like inside skinny posts, I'm like, who does that? Yeah. I mean, he probably made five of them during the course uh, of the season. I just think that you're going to get a guy who knows a little more about the league. Uh, you're, you're not going to see a coaching staff trying to time out the 15-second clock to give him that last-second adjustment, mm -hmm. right? Stafford's got it. He's a little bit more in the uh, escapability kind of thing. And Deshaun Jackson, apparently in practice, it just keeps getting behind people. people. So I don't, I don't know that he'll be a featured part of this offense, but when he walks on the field, I think he's going to create a lot of space out there for Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Yeah. I, look, the, the big difference was what you just hit on. 
the big time throws, those highly graded throws, Jared Goff just did not make a lot of them, despite the fact that Sean McVay, by all accounts, schemed a lot of them, you know, in the middle intermediate areas of the field, and he just didn't throw them. Whereas Matthews, that's what Matthew Stafford has done. For that reason, I actually think my favorite play in this game would be over 44 and a half. I have this really hard time betting on Andy freaking Dalton in primetime. Did I just, he change his middle name? Yeah. He did. It's, it's, to, it's freaking now. Yeah. Um, but seven and a half is just, is just too many points. Um, so I'm going to close my eyes, hold my nose, and take the Chicago Bears. There you go. <laughs> All you, right. But, like, but here's the thing. That defense is too top heavy. We saw Chris says, you know, we, we bet – we, we don't bet enough on defense. I think sometimes it's because of game, it's because of teams like the Rams, right? Where last season of the best defense at football, they have the best player in football that plays for the defense. They have a top 10 player in football that also plays for their defense. And we forget the fact that the rest of the defense is pretty, is pretty average as far mm -hmm. as players. And you lose, you go from Staley to Raheem Morris, who I think is a good defensive coordinator in the league, but not anything you know, not a plus guy, right? I think all of those things make us a little bit more worried about the Rams than we should be. And we look at the Chicago Bears. I don't think the Chicago Bears are going to be good with Dalton, but I don't know if they're this far away from the Rams. So you're taking Chicago. I'm taking Chicago. I, I'm going to hold my nose. All right. And, and I'll tell you guys in a minute what I'm taking. But I'll, I'll say this. Uh, after watching the tape of last year's game, uh, two of the best defensive players in all of football in this game, right? Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald. But the Rams avoided Khalil Mack. If he's on the right side, they're running outside zone away or bootleg, like the run's coming towards him and bootleg away. They left him out of this game as much as humanly possible when they beat him last year. And it was 24 to 3 yeah, it was Rams. It was a blowout. Uh, they got a defensive touchdown. They, the, the Bears never did score an offensive touchdown uh, in that game. Uh, but they missed about three big plays that could have hit. John Johnson, the Ram mm -hmm. safety, made three of the best plays from safety position in one game that I saw all year. He's, great. He's not there anymore. So will it be any different? I, it, if I were the Bears and I looked at that film and John Johnson wasn't in there, I go, all those plays, and there were probably another – another two plays that they should have hit that Nick Foles just mm, overthrew yeah. or whatever. But I, I just think if the bears win the game, it's because they hit two to three big plays in this one. And they could, because the Rams defense, at least the way they played it last year, they're going to sit at the top of those routes. They're counting on Aaron Donald and company to get there. So if you're willing to do it and keep, you know, you may go three straight drives and never hit one, but you may go to the next three drives and hit all of them. Uh, that's how they win. Let me just say this. If Justin Fields were playing in this game, the Bears plus seven and a half might be my favorite bet of the entire week. Without him, I'm like terrified, <laughs> you know, to bet this game. Um, and I think it's, I just have to say, I think it's an absolute travesty that Justin Fields isn't playing in this game. I, I think it's, it's just ridiculous. I, I, I'm going to step back from that just a little bit because I saw him get hit in the side of the head yeah. where it was clearly his read 
The, they slid the whole line. That was his guy. He never even considered <laughs> that the defensive end or outside linebacker, whoever it was, was going to be blitzing. There was another time that he was looking to the number one receiver. The minute he wasn't there, he dropped his eyes and started scrambling and running where number two was wide open. There wasn't anybody within 10 yards of either side of him. I just don't know that, you know, sometimes young stud quarterbacks who have the kind of run skills that he has, it takes like, we used to joke, it takes their first knee injury before they figure out how to play quarterback. I think he's going to get there. I really do. I think he's a phenomenal talent. I love his makeup. I When I hear him interviewed, I go, I love this guy, man. He's just intense. Like Joe Burrow almost yeah, a yeah. little bit, you know, the way he came in here. So I, I think he'll get there, but I, I don't disagree with the Andy Dalton decision. And this one, put Fields out there against Donald and those guys, I would be concerned. I would be concerned. Well, you'll be concerned when Andy Dalton is playing quarterback too. That might be the other point. Uh, I can't believe only for the ratings. ratings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's right. The only thing I'm concerned about with that one. All right, guys, that was fun. We didn't get to all the games, but we got to a lot of them, and uh, we'll do it again very soon. But I've got them all written you, down. You and you can find them on PFF.com. PFF. They're going to put them on PFF. You can put every. You can see every game, every prediction that PFF dot that we have on PFF.com and get it for thirty percent off. And if you're not prepared, you'll get left. What's the, the promo code? Kickoff. 30. Oh, yeah, I heard that. Right. You're the, wearing, only time you, the only time we like kicks. So I've heard rumor that Chris is wearing a kickoff 30 lapel on Sunday Night Football. Uh, is, this, is this true? Can you corroborate? Yeah, but the guy the guy who makes my suits for me, duh, I'll give you a little plug. He, um, his signature thing is he puts one, like, off-colored stitch oh, in, okay. his, in his the you know, pocket up there. And so I'm getting ready for the Super Bowl, the last one that we did. And I'm wearing one of his suits and it's got this one little stitch and I'm getting like, people are screaming. It's like 30 seconds there. I only got 120 million people about to watch this opening on camera. Tony, can't tell Chris, damn it. He's got something on his, on his jacket. It's like to get it off, get it off. They're like screaming at me. I'm like, no, that's his like signature thing, man. And that's so amazing. it was the biggest controversy of the whole uh, Super Bowl, except for when I stirred up everybody in Philadelphia. There you go. That's it. Thanks guys. Appreciate it.